see everybody tonight. Welcome to the North Georgia Revival. We just want to take a minute before we get started with worship and honor the Lord with the scripture reading. We close the doors. We stop the talking. We um, stop the walking. We just um, uh, honor the Lord with scripture. So if you would welcome to the platform, Pastor Todd. I want to welcome everyone to Christ Fellowship Church in the North Georgia Revival. And I want to welcome you all to come fill the front. Come up and worship the Lord up front. It's, you have freedom here to worship, so please come. We want to welcome the ISN Network and their affiliates and all the online viewers. Uh, just get ready for tonight. But we welcome you all. I'm going to share scripture from Psalms 33, 1 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord. O oh, ye righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. <laughs> praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. <laughs> he gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Amen. Amen. To share a little testimony. Todd Smith came to our hometown, Madisonville, Kentucky, in the heart of Western Kentucky on September 25th. <laughs> we rented a conference uh, facility there. We set up a swimming pool and we met with over 80 people face to face and invited, and we invited in many different ways. <laughs> we had several people show up. We had over 50 spontaneous baptisms. They didn't bring clothes. <laughs> We had a young couple recommit their marriage in the water before they were baptized. <laughs> Since that time, we've had over another 50 baptisms at, at various places, but I have to share one, two of them. Two of them, it was a mom and dad and their three kids, household baptism, household recommitment. But the other one I want you to hear, it was a man and woman living together. <laughs> And in the water, he proposed marriage to her before they got baptized. <laughs> and myself here on August 19th over there, I got a new heart from Jesus in the baptism. Everybody praise the Lord.
lift our voices. Let the symphony of the redeemed, right? come on, let the symphony of the redeemed. Come on, don't let up. Come on, he is here tonight. He is here. He is here. He is here. He is here. The symphony of the redeemed raise their voices.
Come on, one more time. Let's sing it. Come on, voices only. Lift those voices. Come on, as loud as you can sing it right here, right now. One more time. Let's shout it to the Lord right now. Don't worry about singing it, just shout it to the Lord. Just the men only, just the men only. Come on, men. Come on, men. Right here. Rise up, O man of God. Every man in the building come to the front. Women slide back. All the men come to the front. Quickly, quickly. Every man in the building come. Come, every man. As close as you can get to this altar. Every man come. Come, come, quickly, quickly, get out of your row, get out of your seat, get out of your chair. Come on, men, come on, every man, come on, right here, fill it up, fill it up. Come on, men, slide this way, slide this way, come toward the middle, let's go. Every woman, intercede for the men of God, intercede, pray in tongues as they sing. Come on, women, begin to intercede for the men of God in this country to rise up. Come on, women, pray, pray, pray. get on your knees before the Lord right here every man every woman remains standing every lady in the building remains standing 
Every woman in the building is going to begin to sing, I exalt thee, and every man in this place is going to begin to intercede and begin to pray. You're going to pray for our nation. You're going to pray for our senators. You're going to pray for our president. You're going to pray for our pastors. You're going to pray for our country. Come on, men of God, begin to intercede. Lead our women right here. Lead our women. I exalt thee. Women, you sing. We pray. Women, you sing. The men of God are going to pray. Come on, men, rise. Come on. Lift your voice, men. Come on, everybody to their feet. Come on, men, rise up. Stand up, men. Men, I want you to face the women. Turn around and face the audience. Women, everybody standing in the building, I want you to face the men. I want the men to begin to sing, we exalt thee. Men, just begin to listen. Women, you sing, we exalt thee. 
together, all of us in the room right now. Music. Here we go. Build it. Build it. is the Lord and he is the king and God that your full purpose will be accomplished tonight and that you would receive the full reward the full inheritance of your suffering that God there will be no sickness that leaves this building there'll be no addiction that walks out of this building no unsaved sinner walks out of the building until they encounter the healer, the great physician, the great therapist, the great savior of the world, the deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord says to me, he said, Todd, ask someone right now if they don't know me to come. If you've never been saved, you've only had religion, you've been, you grew up in church, but you've never had a life-changing encounter, you've never decided to follow him, you decided to come to him, but you never decided to follow him. Jesus always asked men and women to follow him. And he wants to save you right now from the top to bottom, inside and out. He wants to save you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Anyone in this room, anybody in this house can say, Todd, I, I've never repented to my sin. I've never given my life to Jesus. I, I may have prayed a prayer, but I've never committed my life to follow him. 
But today I want to follow him. I want to be his disciple. I want to identify with him. I want to forsake sin and follow Jesus. If you want to be born again, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. Everybody's hand is down now. When you, when you say, Todd, I want to be saved, I want to make sure you understand you're deciding to follow Christ. You're turning your back on sin. You're repenting. And you'll walk with him. When I count to three, lift your hand as high as you can. One, two, three. Anybody in the room? 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 I see him. 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 Yeah. I see him. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I see him. Just keep him up. Keep him up. Keep him up. Keep him up. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Your hand, just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you raised it. Every eye in the building is open and every head up. When I count to three, if your hand is up, I want you to come and we're gonna part this place right here as if it's the Red Sea and I'm gonna ask you to come and you join me right here, right here at the front. When I count to three, every eye looking, every head up, we're not gonna ask you to do this in private. I'm gonna ask you to be bold as a lion and I want you to come and stand right here in front of me. Come right now, right there, come, 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 come right here, come on, come on, make your way, make your way. Come on, quickly, 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 quickly. Come on, come on, right there, right there, come on. Praise the Lord. Extend your hand toward these new followers. I want you to repeat after me a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's your heart condition. But you're going to pray it out loud. I want you to pray it so loud that everybody in the building can hear it. Nobody's praying it but you guys. You hear me? I want you to say, Jesus. I come to follow you. My life is empty. And I am a sinner. And I need you in my life. I turn from my wicked ways. I repent of my sin. And I invite you into my life to save me, to make me a new person. And from this moment forward, I will follow you. I identify with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Yes! Yes! Woo! This is Mr. Cody, Tim Bars. Cody, all of you that are here, it's going to take five minutes right through this aisle way in that room. we got a book that we're going to hand to you in five to seven minutes. You're going to be back in the sanctuary, back to you where you're seating. Would you let them know how much you appreciate them? Just walk with them, right? Yeah! On your way back to your seat, greet about 10 people. Let them know you're glad to see them at the North Georgia Revival tonight. Wow. Thank you.
Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow, what a move of the Spirit already in the house. Who is here tonight for the very first time? This is your first time at the North Georgia Revival. Wow, welcome all of you. We welcome all of you. Yes, absolutely. I want to uh, take care of a couple of uh, housekeeping issues, and then I'm going to introduce Pastor Robbie Mathis, who's going to come and receive our offering. Uh, we have an incredibly blessed guest ministering tonight. He'll introduce him in just a moment. But uh, I thank God for Jerry Leaphart and the team uh, leading us in worship tonight. As you know, uh, Joe and Christian Leaphart, uh, Christian gave birth to a beautiful little girl, bright and gray. Yes. I was just on the phone with Joe just a few minutes ago, and they added a new name to the baby called Bright and Gray Toddlin uh, Leapart. So just wanted to make that official so that they can, uh, so y'all make sure that you, they want me to tell you to call her Toddlin. Okay, just so when you see her, Toddlin will be fine. So I know we miss them, love them, wonderful, uh, wonderful people, Joe and Christian Rhodes. Uh, and his new sister, Bright and Gray, and uh, we love and cherish them. So, wow, I feel the presence of God in the building. Uh, please be much in prayer. Uh, we will be uh, traveling to Korea at the end of the week. We'll be baptizing all of South Korea next week. Come on. Yes. <laughs> That's our goal. We're going to baptize the whole nation. A uh, couple of things. Um, be sure to go to the book table if you can and pick up. He sat down and he sent him at the table. Uh, my new book, Speaking in Tongues, should be here this next week. Will be made available next Sunday. I will not be here, but the books will be ready next Sunday. It'll be released, I think, on Thursday called Speaking in Tongues. And I find this to be... Um, Necessary to teach this to the body of Christ. I'm not backing off of it. It is not church etiquette to talk about tongues in church because it's so divisive, but it is a part of the armor of God. It is a part of the armor of God. The church has got to stop being afraid with, uh, about dealing with controversial subjects. We've got, to, we've got to talk about issues. And when we don't talk about it, we walk out in uh, misunderstanding and ignorance. And the Bible says, don't be ignorant, brother. All right? And we got to deal with issues. We've got to deal with social issues. We've got to deal with political issues. Mm, okay. All right. So please pick up these two books at the table if you will I'll leave first thing in the morning at 6 o'clock I'll be leaving my house to go to Lincoln, Nebraska to, uh, for two nights of meetings be back a night and a half maybe two nights and then fly out for Korea on Friday um, God is good I want you to help me welcome a great friend of mine Pastor Robbie Mathis as he comes and receive our offerings from Freedom Tabernacle Lead pastor at Freedom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
It's such an honor to come and take up the offering tonight and also introduce our guest speaker. As you know, I was thinking as we begin to exalt the name of the Lord and the men and the women begin to sing and to just exalt God, this thought just came up in my spirit, and this is what I just sensed. It reminded me of this. Paul said there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know what Jesus said one time that when... When the day come with there, he said, you're all going to be like the angels of God in, in heaven. And that's what it just reminded me of tonight as we all just began to sing, is that there was no separation, but we were all one in spirit. And I want to tell you, when we're all one in spirit, that's when God's glory will manifest. And God inhabits the praise and worship of his people. And that's what we did was just usher in his presence. You know, Jesus come to set the captives free. He come to heal the brokenhearted, and he came to those that are poor. And that's what he said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Jesus come to, he has come to do. And I want to tell you that's what this revival is. It is a place where we've come to see the poor and the brokenhearted set free and the captives delivered. And that's what we have an opportunity to do tonight as we sow and give in to this. We have an opportunity to cooperate with that and to be a blessing. The book of Proverbs, the 19th chapter and the 17th verse says this. The Bible says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he God will pay back what he has given we often think what we give away that we're not going to give back and God's word says in Proverbs 19 17 that when we have pity on the poor we lend to the Lord and God promises he will pay back what we have given so as we prepare ourselves tonight in this move, this is a, a true revival, a place where people are getting saved before the preaching, when hearts are getting right with God. If you want to have the, uh, the anointing of, of, of something on your life, you have to associate yourself with that thing. If you want to have the glory of God in your life and the anointing in your life, then give and be supportive of what God's doing in a particular place. And we can do that tonight by financially giving. Now, God has raised up some kings in this place. Many of you have a kingly anointing, and God has blessed you as a businessman or a businesswoman, and you can take that that God has and use it to benefit to see the brokenhearted and the poor set free, delivered, and, and saved, and, and their lives changed tonight just because of what you're able to release out of your hands. So would you stand with me? Ushers, would you come down? Let's be a blessing to the house. You can give. You can give, and they may have the way to, uh, you can text your offering up here on the screen. Let's all participate tonight, and let's be a blessing and contribute to what God is doing in this place tonight. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to give. We thank you for it, God. 
We know that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. The Father of lights. There's neither variableness, neither shadow of turning. God, you're the one that provides all things for us. So, Lord, as these, these offerings is given, released tonight, Father, we ask that you would multiply it and let it go to further your kingdom. And may they receive a return by lending to you, God, having pity on the poor to see lives changed tonight. And we bless you and we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Would you remain standing with me? You know, it brings me great, a great honor to, to introduce the man of God that's going to preach tonight for us. I don't know of anyone that has more of a heart to see the broken, the addicted, the outcast, the downtrodden, set free more than this man that's going to come and preach for us tonight. He's not preaching from things that he has heard. He is preaching out of experience in his life. He knows what it's like to be addicted. He knows what it's like to be broken and to be disunified. He knows what it's like. And out of that comes the release of something authentic that transforms life. He was here at the beginning of this revival for 11 weeks. And the North Georgia Revival is honored to have him to be a part of this revival. And he is a blessing to the community and all around the world. Would you help me welcome Bishop Lance Johnson as he comes to preach for us? Come on. I need you to give Jesus some praise in the house tonight. Come on, give him a roar tonight. Come on, let him know that you love him tonight. Come on, it was him that reached down and pulled you out of that miry clay. It was him that never gave up on you. It was him that sought you in places nobody else would go. You ought to give him all the praise tonight. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He is my strength and my strong tower. He's the helmet of my salvation. He is the breastplate of my righteousness. He is my sword. He's my shield, my horn and buckler. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's worthy. He's worthy tonight, church. He's worthy tonight. Only King Jesus. Somebody say, if it hadn't have been for Jesus, you wouldn't even be here tonight. Come on, he brought you here tonight. Come on, it was grace and mercy. Come on, it was strength. Come on, it was his hand that even made it possible for us to be in this room tonight. Had he not rescued us, some of us would be in hell right now. But he saw fit to show mercy that was brand new. Woo. He never gave up on you. You can be seated tonight. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna take a very long time tonight, but tonight I, I believe that the Lord said I wanna leave an impartation in my people. You see, I'm excited about what God is doing. 
I'm excited what not only he's doing right here in Dawsonville, Georgia, but what God is doing around the world. Come on, this thing is not limited to a few churches. What God's doing, God's shaking the nations. God's shaking the nations of the world. That's why you're going to South Korea. That's why God's sending out people. That's why pastors are coming and receiving and going home because God's wanting to shake the nations. God's wanting an impartation. But let me tell you what I believe. I believe that God tonight is going to make an impartation that you're going to become a walking awakening and a walking revival. Oh, I said it again. You're going to be a walking awakening and a walking revival. It's not going to be limited to a pulpit. It's not going to be limited to a sanctuary. You're going to walk in the middle of Walmart and be a walking awakening right in the middle of the grocery store, right in the middle of your family reunion. You're going to take a fire that can't be quit and a fire that can't be shut down. You'll get the cripple out of wheelchairs in the middle of Walmart. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to be a bishop. You don't need to be an elder or a deacon. You're just going to walk in with the fire of God. Somebody say fire. God's about to send fire in this house. You're going to walk out of this place a flame of fire. I'm going to say it again. You're going to walk out of here a flame of fire. You're going to leave here tonight, I believe, with an impartation that you'll never be the same. My heart's cry every day of my life is, Jesus, give me your heart. Let me feel what you feel. Let me see what you see. Don't let me walk by one person that you would have stopped for. You, you don't understand. Don't let me walk by one bleeding human being that's bleeding from the heart. Don't let me walk by one person that's been molested, that's been abused, that's been raped, that's been, listen, has been brought out without Christ. Don't let me walk by one person that's crying in their heart, one single mama that's about to give up, one daddy that's about to quit. Don't let me walk by them, Jesus. Give me eyes to see like you see. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 23. I might need in just a moment an extra microphone, and I apologize, I didn't tell somebody ahead of time. I might need that in just a moment. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. And he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs. Everybody say the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That's very important. Say this with me. The dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried, to, to the, carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosoms. Let's stop right there. Believe it or not, I didn't come to preach on hell tonight. But I come to preach on why the rich man went there. Bow your heads with me. Father, tonight I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, I, I'm just an old country boy. God, I'm just an old boy from Hicker Flat. God was lost and undone in sin. But you saw fit to reach down and pick me up. 
transform my life. And you open the opportunity, God, for me to preach your hope, to preach your love, and to preach your power. And I pray tonight, God, that you demonstrate that in the hearts and lives of every person in this room. And Father, that's watching tonight, that God, that your fire's gonna fall across this nation tonight and you're gonna set your church ablaze. That God, that we would become your body once again. We would not come to church, but God, we would truly go be the church, God. Thank you today for a great awakening in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I believe that Lazarus is a representation of the broken and the hurting in his culture, but not only in his culture, but also ours. And I believe that the rich man was a representation of the religious sect of his day, the Pharisees. We know theologically that's correct, but it's also, I believe, a representation of the religious sect of our own day. And I'm afraid that some of us are like the, 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 the Pharisees of their day, that they were given a covenant. They were given the promises of God. They were given the kingdom, but they didn't know what they had. They didn't recognize what was there for them. They understood the protocol. They understood the theology of the matter. They understood the doctrines and the ceremonies and all of the things that accompanied their religion, but they failed to know the one in whom they were serving. Can I tell you it is possible for you to know all about God but never know God? It's possible for you to know church and know church protocol but never know the God of the church that you went to. You see, it's possible for us to be that way. Now watch me. Now because the Bible, watch this, the Bible says that, that Lazarus or, or the rich man fared sumptuously. He was a man of great wealth. But listen, I'm afraid that the church doesn't understand today in 2019 the wealth that has been given to them. They don't know what has been provided to them. We have minimized what Christ did on the cross to a fire insurance policy. We Listen, we have minimized the work of the Holy Spirit to a few gifts that we can use within the confines of our beautiful sanctuaries. We, we've used it to entertain the saints, if you might. Woo! Come on, we've used it to pray for one another in the altars. But I'm afraid that God had something much greater than us just praying for one another in the altars. I'm afraid God had a bigger picture in mind. And, and what we've minimized to a few gifts is, is, is really much more than that. You see, this man was rich, and every day he walked by this beggar that laid at his gate. He didn't just lay somewhere in the street. He was laying at his door. And every day while he was going and carrying out business and taking the kids to soccer practice and going to work and coming home and going by Walmart to pick up something for his wife, he was walking by this man every day and never one time stopped to give him what he was wanting. This man was not wanting wealth. He was not wanting riches. He just wanted a crumb. Somebody say a crumb. In other words, I don't want everything you got. I just need a little of something you got. Can I tell you just a little of what most of you in this room's got that you don't realize you got would change somebody's life? I'm going to say it again. They don't even need the full portion, honey. You just get a little bit of Jesus, and he'll turn your life around. Now, 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 now watch this. The Bible said he walked by him every day and didn't recognize that there was somebody laying at his gate, and all he wanted was a crumb. 
But see, I'm afraid that the church today don't realize what God really gave us when he sent his son to die on the cross. We say, oh, we got the gift of the Holy Ghost, but do you understand what the gift of the Holy Ghost is? I'm about to preach for just a minute. You see, if you want to understand what it is, you got to flip your Bible to the book of John chapter 14. And you got to begin to read that Jesus began to teach his disciples, the work that I do is not me, but it's God in me. Woo, I'm going to preach that tonight. He said, the work that I do is not me, but it is God that lives inside of me. And the Bible said that he said, if you don't believe me for the work, for the words that I speak, believe me for the works that I do. In other words, the work I do testify that God lives inside of me. Philip said, show us the Father and it'll suffice, suffice us. He said, if I've been with you so long, you don't know me. I and the Father are one. He's in me and I'm in him. Now watch what he says, because I'm going to the Father, the works that I do and greater shall you do because I'm going to the Father. <laughs> Let me explain to you why he said he was going to the Father. He said, if I go to the Father, I'll send you another. Somebody say another. The another was the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, I know you get excited, but I'm afraid most people don't understand what the Holy Ghost is. Better yet, they don't understand who the Holy Ghost is. Because if you go to, if you go down to John chapter 14, verse 23, he explains who the Holy Ghost is. He said, if you'll keep my commandments or keep my word, he said, my father and I. Somebody say, my father and I. <laughs> say it one more time, my father and I. will come and make our abode in you. See, he was explaining when you get the Holy Ghost, you get all three in one. You get God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Woo! He said, my Father and I will make our abode in you. Now, I'm really going to blow your mind. The word abode in the Greek is the same word for mansions. In verse 3, uh-oh, if I go away and prepare a place for you, uh-oh, I'm going to go make a place that where I am, there you may be also. He explains to him in the chapter, he said, the world won't see me, but you'll see me. I'm with you, but I'm going to be in you. Somebody say, in me. Say it with me, in me. God said, me and my son are about to move in you. Somebody say they're about to move in. Yeah. Woo. Let me explain to you what that means. That means the work we're going to do is not us. It means the work we're going to do is going to be Jesus in us. Don't you know that the mystery is taught to us through the Apostle Paul, Christ in you is the hope of glory that when the Holy Ghost came in, the fullness of God moved on the inside of you. The God that created nothing, everything out of nothing. The God that raised Lazarus from the dead. The God, the God that healed the sick. The God that opened the blind eyes. The God that parted the Red Sea lives in you. Somebody say, he lives in me. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
Don't talk about me that I'm worried about a demon. Let me tell you something. You've got all authority over the devil because the king of glory lives inside of you. Don't you buckle your knees. Don't you back up from no witch. You cast that devil out. I don't got to fight with them. I don't got to argue with them. I just take authority over them. One, they come to declare the good news. The one that declared that he was going to open the blind eyes. The one that said he was going to heal the brokenhearted. The one that said he was going to set the captives free. The one that said that he was going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Are y'all with me tonight? That's the one that lives in you. He's still setting the captives free. He's still healing the brokenhearted. He's still raising up the Lazarus in this generation. He's still raising the dead. He's still opening the blinded eyes. He's still healing the brokenhearted right now. Here's the problem. We're walking by the brokenhearted every day. We're walking by the bleeding and the wounded every day. While we're going to church to, to, to preach, we're walking by three people that are about to die from the, from the bondage of addiction. We walk by people that are suicidal every day. That while they're checking out Walmart, they're sitting there in their mind contemplating how they can take their lives. That every day while we're going in and out of church, getting ready to go serve, getting ready to go sing, and all those things are important. We're walking by people every day that we weren't there, that at the age of three, they were molested repeatedly for four and five years by their, by their mama's boyfriend. We see their present condition as an addict. We see their addictions. We see their poverty. We see their lifestyle. But we never stop to hear their backstory. Y'all don't want to hear me preach. See, you don't want to know what it was like for that 16-year-old girl that was raped by her daddy repeatedly for four years, and you wonder why she's sexually dysfunctional. You wonder why she would give up her kids to put a needle in her arm. You see, we walk by it and we don't know their backstory. They've been bleeding for years. They've been bleeding in wounds and hurts. They were abandoned by their parents. They were abandoned by their mothers. They were raised with a, with a Nintendo or an Xbox. They saw dysfunction. They weren't like some of us that got raised in a Christian home where we grew up knowing that Jesus died for our sins. They grew up in homes that never heard the name of Jesus. And can I preach to you, sinners do what sinners do. They sin. They don't know boundaries. They don't know morals because the only true moral that comes is the transforming work of God when we receive Christ in our heart that changes us on the inside, that makes us act right on the outside. We, they don't know right from wrong. They watched a mom and daddy live dysfunctional all their life. They watched a daddy who was an alcoholic and a mama who was a needle junkie. 
Y'all want to hear me preach? See, you wasn't there when that four-year-old little boy got molested by his stepdaddy. You wasn't there repeatedly, and then you wonder why he's in prison with all that hatred locked up on the inside of him, and he's sexually dysfunctional. You wonder why in this world he's a rapist, but nobody ever stopped while he was bleeding at the age of 14 because we were busy going back and forth, faring sumptuously with the power of God that lives on the inside of us. We were going to church to be entertained by the sermons and to be entertained by the songs. And we went to church to get our blessings. And on our way there, we stopped by the grocery store to get a Starbucks. Can I preach tonight? and you walk by six people that were bleeding. You walk by a 14-year-old teenager that was dressed like a hooker, but you didn't know that she had been raped since she was four. And we walked by them, and we didn't see them bleeding. But here's the problem. The world saw them bleeding. You see, in the Scripture, dogs referred to the unsaved. I'm going to preach in here tonight. The dogs referred to the Gentiles. The dogs seen them bleeding. The dogs seen them hurting. The dogs seen them broken. We walked by the divorcee. They were broken. They were hurting, wondering how they were going to raise their children. And we walked by and said, if they'd have been living for God, they wouldn't have went through a divorce. Uh, while we was going to church, we walked by the bleeding. And we walked by the wounded. And we never stop to say, can I help you? I've got a crumb that can change you. Can I preach, please? And if we did have compassion, we went to the preacher who was already too stressed because he's trying to meet the needs of the church. Will you go minister to this girl? She's hurting and she's wounded when the truth of the matter is, is God didn't send your pastor to that girl. God sent you to that girl. Somebody say the dogs. The dogs licked his wounds. Let me tell you how the dogs licked the wounds. Hey, come on with me. Let's go to the club tonight. Come on with me. Let's take a girl's night out and go down to the club. All you need is a little loving tonight. It'll make you better. Come on with us tonight. Let's get drunk. Let's do a little cocaine. Let's hit a little methamphetamine. It'll make you feel better. And the world is licking their wound. And while we won't pick them up, the world is over there going, come on, I'll take you out. Come on, go party with me. Come on, go hang out with me. But the problem is, is the licks of the world are increasing the wounds. They're only infecting the matter worse. Because I promise you, we won't share a pew with them, but the world will share a bottle with them. We won't invite them to sit next to us, but they'll swap a joint with them. They'll sleep with them tonight and make them feel loved. They'll sleep with them tonight and make them feel accepted because that's the way only some of them can feel love is by sleeping with somebody because they don't know any morals. They don't know what it means to have one true love because they've never seen it before in their life. They was raised in a home of complete dysfunction.
And it's not that we meant to walk by them. It's not that we're mean. It's just that we were so caught up in the cycle of religious routine that nobody told us we were supposed to be looking. Can I preach to you just a minute? Please let me tell you what I got to tell you in love. And listen, if I hadn't been here, I wouldn't have realized this. Do you realize that if we don't have the heart of God, the problem is we all want the power of God. We all want the gifts of God. But if we don't have the heart of God, we will walk by the very ones that God intended his power to be given to. Until I started preaching and mentoring the lifers in a state prison, I'd run rehabs all my life. I've been reaching the hurting and the broken all my saved life. I built churches for the ones nobody else wanted. That was my heart. I said, I don't want the church. I want the homosexuals. I want the broken. I want the drug addicts. I want the divorcees. I want every person that is broken and sin sick because I know that if you ever encounter Jesus Christ, he will change you, transform you, break the power of bondage off your life and make you a brand new creation. I believe in the power of the cross of Calvary. I believe in the power of the blood. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not to feel good. It's to transform your life. But only till I went to the prisons and I sat across from a 300-pound man in prison for, for violent acts for life. I mentored 30 lifers every week. For two years, I went to the prisons four, four times a week, many times, all the way in Macon, Georgia. And I sat across for men that were broken, that the world would judge, many of them of different faiths and different religions. And only until I sat and heard their stories, only until I heard a grown man that had lived his life in bitterness and anger and resentment so full of hatred that he would commit murder or rape. And I'd watch them one by one as they broke, as they told their story. Pastor, I was three when my stepdaddy started molesting me. I was four when my daddy started beating me. He put me in the hospital six times. They didn't know if I would live. Defects never took us out of the home, and mama never told. You don't know till you stop and listen to the story. And here's the problem. If we don't have the heart of God, we're never going to listen to the story. If we don't have the heart of God, we're going to roll right by the very ones that God intended to change. The very ones that God intended to transform their lives. We're gonna walk by them. And we're not gonna hear their stories because we'll be too busy doing ministry. We'll too be too busy 
taking the kids to soccer practice. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. The problem is, is that sometimes it's because of a lack of the heart of Jesus. Today I want to have my great friend, one of God's great diamonds. They call them rubies. I like to think of them as diamonds. I'd like for her to introduce herself to you and tell you who she is tonight. I'm Brandy Vandegrift. Uh, my name is Brandy Vandegrift. Uh, presently, I am um, a resident at the Ruth House Ministries, and I come from a lot of brokenness, and I have been healed. <laughs> Ready? I want you to tell us. I want you to tell us a little bit about your backstory, because there's people here today that can judge where you were, and you can tell us a little bit about where you were. But before you tell us where you were, tell us a little bit about your backstory and where you came from and what led you to that place of brokenness that you were. Um, starting as a child, I was in elementary school when the feds come into my house to search it and take my dad to prison. At that point, my family fell apart. But before that, they were abusive with each other. There was drugs in the home. So in the sixth grade, the feds came in your home. Now, how old were you at the sixth grade? Do you remember? <laughs> maybe 12. 10, 12, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe eight. So you're eight, 10 years old. And the feds come into your house and take your father to, to prison. Yeah. What happened from there? Um, he moved us to a different state before he left, um, had everything taken care of for my mom, but my mom fell off the deep end. So for eight years, there was men in and out of the house. Um, my dad was in prison thinking everything was okay. It just, it fell apart at that point. So I started, um, I started smoking pot, started running away from home. How old was you when you smoked pot the first time? probably 14, 15. I started running away from home at 16. So my mom decided to move us to Florida, um, which my grandmother had a bar there. So at 16 years old, I was in and out of the bar. I started bartending at 18. I had my first child at 18. How, how, let me ask you this. What kind of Christianity did you grow up knowing? None. My dad was in a biker gang, so there was none. There was no, mm -hmm. no Jesus. Mm -mm. Did you know anything about God? Nope. You ever heard of Noah and the Ark? Nope. No, you ain't <laughs> ever heard of Noah and the Ark? Nope. You ever heard of Moses in the wilderness? Nope. No, you ever heard Jesus died for your sins? Nope. No, how old were you when you first heard the gospel? 38 years old, 37 years old. 37 years old before you ever heard the gospel. Yeah. So the only thing you knew was the pattern that you had seen. Right, right. Yes. Where did that pattern lead you? to methamphetamines. I lost my children. I hadn't talked to them in nine years. Um, my daughter had a grandbaby, um, but I, I was able to see that. I finally, in the past year of being at the Ruth House, have huh, I've learned a lot of new stuff. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Uh, Tell I came, me how you got there, what happened? You appreciate them. Picked me up from jail. <laughs> that angel, really, was to have wings and everything? Yeah, in my eyes she did. <laughs> What's her name? Jessica Chastain. And she's the director of the Ruth House. Yes. Amen. 
So, so how did she come get you and why? Um, they told me I had to serve the rest of my time in prison or go to rehab. And to be honest with you, faith-based rehab was, <laughs> I'd have laughed at you a year ago if I thought that's where I was going. But I took, they accepted me. I came up on that hill not knowing what it looked like, not knowing nothing. What did you look like when you went on the hill? <laughs> In a bikini. <laughs> In a bikini, right out of prison. Mm -hmm. Why? 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 That was my life. I was dead. I was dead. I didn't care no more. I didn't care what trouble I got in. I considered myself in a fishbowl, and I was a fish belly up. You were a fish in a fishbowl, yeah. belly up, and dead. And dead. Because the wages of sin yeah. is death. Yep. So tell me what happened when you got there. God reached his hand in and saved me. He reached his hand where? Into that fishbowl. In the fishbowl. <laughs> and he resurrected mm -hmm. what was dead. What happened? Tell me about that experience. Um, I came into the Ruth house. I didn't know what church looked like. So every church service we went to, I just stood there. And January 6th, I walked up to the altar. And I gave it all that day. And then... <laughs> and, and what happened? When you gave it all to Jesus. I have a life I would not turn around and take for anything. I wouldn't give nothing for it. What did it do for you? Everything. It's given me my kids. I'm, I've got a great job. I have a life. I'm a person that I love. Did it change you? Yes. What changed about you? I don't recognize the person in the mirror. Come on. Different character. Mm -hmm. Different integrity. Yes. Come on, different kind of mama. Oh, yes. Come on, you love people differently. I love Do I you love, see yeah. things differently? Yes. Come on, are you a brand new creation? Yes. Are old things passed away? Oh, yeah. Behold, and all things become new. My God, I'm about to run, church. I'm about to run. Because see what we walk by every day. See what we walk by every day. I'm not done. Come on, see what we walk by every day. We walk by the opportunity to bring them out of hell and bring them into the kingdom. We walk by the opportunity every day to bring them out of that dead fishbowl, belly up, and experience resurrection power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My God. Come on, Miss My God. Do you understand? You can stay standing. Do you understand tonight that God wants to make you a flame of fire? that you will never walk by another bleeding or another wounded person ever again. That you will look for them on the workplace. You will look for them in the storehouse. You will look for them at the family reunion. You'll quit pointing your finger and reaching out with the hand to restore. Let me explain something to you today. Jesus never revealed your mess to condemn you. Jesus revealed your mess to heal you. Jesus never brought out your brokenness to condemn you. He brought out your brokenness so he could heal you. God wants to heal the most broken, the most desolate, the most wounded, the most bound. And you don't got to be on a street corner with a needle in your arm to be bound. There are people all over the pews of America who make over $100,000 a year and they're bound to their pain meds. They're bound to their mind meds. And they get high every day and they can't live without it because that's how they self-medicate to deal with the chaos and the brokenness of their lives. 
There's people every day that we're walking by. It don't matter how much money they make. It don't matter how what, what social sect they come out of. Because you see brokenness and sin doesn't know any social boundaries and it doesn't know any financial boundaries. I'm going I'm to tell you this. I'm giving an invitation. The fire of God seeks to fall in this building. The fire of God's going to fall on every person that says, God, don't let me walk by another dead person. Don't let me walk by another bleeding person. God, don't let me walk by another person who's crying out for help and I don't have eyes to see them. I don't have the heart to stop. I don't have the time to hear their backstory so that I can put the hands of King Jesus on them. Woo! See, it's not you, but it's like Peter told the man at the gate, beautiful. I don't have no money, but what I've got, I give to you. You understand you got the power to heal them. You've got the power to raise them up. Not you, but the God inside of you is the power to raise them, the power to heal them, the power to deliver them, the power to strengthen them. God will use you if you'll make yourself available to him to reach down and be his hands and be his feet. The fire of God's going to fall on people tonight that says, God, I want to be used by you, I can't go there. I'll be a wreck and I can't preach. That wrecked me. And if I start crying, I'll have to turn it over to Pastor Todd. The fire of God's going to fall on this church tonight. God's going to do something different. Because I'm telling you what God's been doing in the building, God's going to do everywhere you go. Stage four breast cancer, healed in Walmart. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. It. Drug addicts are going to be set free in the liquor store, not because you went in to get a potty, but because you went in to see a soul saved and a life changed. That I'm telling you, God's about to make it no name and no face because nobodies are going to do the work of Christ. Listen to me, church. Before I give this altar call to the church that wants the fire, I've got to give this altar call to the broken and the wounded, to the people that have hid their scars and you've hid your wounds and you zipped them up real tight and you hit them real good. You come to church and lifted your hand while the scars of your rape and molestation are still down inside of you. And while you come to church and lift your hands, that abuse and that divorce you went through that broke you and made you dysfunctional, you hide it every day like you're functional and you're still okay when you know that you're still weeping and crying inside and people have walked by you and didn't know how broken you were and they walked by you and didn't know how dysfunctional things were at home. But see, I come to tell you, the King of Glory came to heal you tonight. The King of Glory come to take your mess and turn it into your message that God come to take your broken pieces and and make it his masterpiece. So tonight, I'm gonna ask every broken, every bound, every wounded person in this building today that you've been bound by the things and addiction, you've been broken by the abuses of sin, not necessarily always your own sin, but even the sins that were committed against you because the wages of sin are death, even the sin we commit, and even the sins that are committed against us, they work death in us. But I'm telling you, the gift of God, whoo! brings life to you today that where there was death God's about to bring you out of the fishbowl resurrected tonight while every head is bowed 
and people are praying all over this building while the music team is coming. I want every broken and wounded person in this room tonight. I want every hurting person in this room tonight. You've been weeping and nobody saw you, but Jesus saw you. He sent an old country preacher from Ranger, Georgia to say, darling, I still love you. Son, I still love you. I'll heal you if you'll let me. I'll make whole your broken places if you'll let me. I'll break your addictions and I'll break your bondages tonight if you'll let me. I want tonight every broken, wounded, hurting, and bound person in this room without one moment of hesitation, without one moment uh, of trying to rationalize it. At the count of three, I want you to run to this altar as fast as you can because God's about to heal you. One, two, three. Come on, 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 come on. You're going to be wounded no more, afflicted no more, bound no more. Come on, today is your day. Today is your day for God to heal every wound, for God to break every chain today. That today the shackles are coming off. Today the wounds are healed. Today your life, woman of God, is brand new. Father, thank you that she's healed right now. Every scar. God, she's been so broken. But God, today she's being so healed. And God, that you took the broken pieces and you're making them your masterpiece right now. That the power of God is healing everything. Every broken emotion, every broken piece of your heart, God's making it whole right now. Woman of God, he's healing it right now in the name of Jesus. No more pain. No more, no more sleepless nights. No more comparing other people to your abusers. It's over in the name of Jesus. No more comparing this circumstance to past circumstances. That's over because you're healed in the name of Jesus. You don't have to live in it anymore. Woman of God, you're healed tonight in the name of Jesus. Tonight every shackle is broken in the name of Jesus. Today every shackle that bounds you is broken in the name of Jesus. Every emotional shackle, every mental shackle, every spiritual shackle, I bind the devil. I bind the devil that made a stronghold in your brokenness. I bind him by the authority of Jesus' name and I cast out every demon and I cast out every devil and I heal every broken heart tonight by the authority of Jesus' name. Every broken heart healed tonight in Jesus' name. Every broken heart healed in the name of Jesus. No more self-medicating. No more alcohol to mask the pain. No more pills to try to cope with the day. Healing in the name of Jesus. I break every shackle of addiction right now. I want you to pray with me right now, church, all over this building. I need you to pray with me tonight. I want you to pray this from your heart tonight. I want you to tell him, Heavenly Father, I come to you with all my brokenness because I know that you're the great physician. And tonight you're healing me. You're making me whole. No more broken places. No more pain. No more dysfunction. No more sleepless nights. No more bondage. Tonight. I am free by the power of Jesus.
Jesus Christ. I am free by the blood of Jesus. I am free tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit that tonight my broken heart is healed. My bondages are broken. I'm free in Jesus' name. I am free in Jesus' name. I am healed in Jesus' name. Father, tonight, we give our lives to you. We give you everything that we are tonight. God, tonight we lay our lives down that you may raise us up brand new. Vessels for your honor. Vessels for your glory. That God, you take our brokenness. And God, you make it our message. That God, tonight you fill us with fire. Tonight, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Tonight, fill us with your fullness of yourself. That tonight, God, you make us vessels for your honor and for your glory. And that out of our brokenness, we'll bring healing to others. That out of our brokenness, we will heal the nations. That God, that you would put a fire in our lives. That we will never walk by another broken person. But God, tonight, we'll become your vessels to be used for your glory, for your honor. day that every stronghold is broken off of my brother right now. God, you redeemed him. You chose him. You picked him. He didn't pick you. You picked him. You sought him out and you found him, God. And Father, there's nothing in his life that you won't transform. There's nothing in his life that you can't break off of him. That, Lord, the things that the enemy has tried to do to stop him from walking in the purpose and the calling that you created him for. That, God, right now that you pull down those strongholds today. That you make straight and you make flat the path that you have chosen him to run in. That, God, that you will cause those places that were meant to be stumbling blocks, to be catalysts and stepping stones, God, that it would launch him into a higher place in your glory and in your presence, God, that, Lord, from this day forward, he's going to run and not grow weary. And, God, today he's going to walk into freedom like he's never known in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in this altar right now. Now, I've got another invitation to give while you're praying. And that second invitation I need to give tonight is to every person in this room who said, Pastor Lance, I want the fire of God in my life. I want the heart of my Savior. I want the fullness of God working in me and living in me. I don't know why you're standing in your pew. I need you to get up here as fast as you can tonight because I believe that God is going to pour out fire in this altar. God's going to pour out fire in that water. God's going to pour out fire in that water tonight. I'm telling you, people are going to leave here a flame of fire. Listen, you don't leave you with fire till God makes you a flame that can't be quit and it can't be shut down and it can't be turned off by financial problem by attacks on your marriage it can't be turned down by religious people that persecute you it can't be turned down or turned off by the world that points their finger at you you're going to leave here with a fire tonight that is unquenchable you're going to walk into a room and you're going to be the aroma of Jesus to the hurting and the wounded say I'm his fragrance well I'm his fragrance you're going to walk in the room and the atmosphere is going to change Whew. you ain't going to have
have to worry about, boy, there's a religious devil in here. You're going to walk in and the devils are going to run. That's the way it's meant to be. You're going to walk in a flame of fire and you're going to be bold and you're going to walk right up to the afflicted and the healed for the wounded and you're going to lay hands on them and say, be healed in the name of Jesus and they're going to be healed. You know why? Because it's not you, but it's the God in you. Father, tonight, I pray for fire on this altar. God, I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost right now. Father, I pray for a passion for souls. I pray for a heart for the lost and the wounded and the broken in the church and outside of the church, God. I pray for a heart for the unsaved, for the unchurched, and for the lost. Put a heart in us that will never walk by the Lazaruses of our generation. God, a burning heart that can't walk by the bleeding and the wounded will never let the dogs lick their wounds again. But God, we'll be your hands and we'll be your feet. And God, tonight, we receive the fire. We receive the anointing. We receive the gifting. We receive the fullness of you. And God, we will go boldly. It's not us, but it's you in us. I need you to say this with me tonight. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Whoa, his Holy Ghost is going to do it in you, and the Holy Ghost is going to do it through you. Father, the same fire that burned in Jeremiah's bones the same word that became a fire burned in those listening to this message tonight those that are in this altar God let your word burn in them like fire tonight in Jesus name Woo! now listen let me tell you a little story September 2nd 1990 in the living room with the 357 Magnum to my head. I said, God, if you'll change me, I'll live the rest of my life for you. I put that 357 Magnum on that shelf and I put my Bible back on the shelf and I went to bed. I didn't feel nothing. I didn't see nothing. I didn't know anything happened to me. When I got up the next morning, I was not the man I was that went to bed that night. When I went to the beer cooler that next day, I couldn't pull the beer cooler open. When I got to my office, I couldn't snort that big line of cocaine that was waiting on my desk. I couldn't do what I'd been doing. They called and said, hey, Lance, we going to the club tonight. I said, I ain't going. Something happened to me, and I can't go. I didn't know what had happened to me, but I know something happened to me. There was a change on the inside that worked on the outside. And I want to tell you something tonight, that there's a fire come on your life tonight. And I'm telling you, there's a holy boldness on the inside of you. That I'm telling you, you're a flame that can't be cut, turned off. You're a light that can't be quenched. You're a light that can't be hidden. You're a flame of fire. Tonight, we're going to open these baptisms right now. And hold on now, don't move. I'm a, matter of fact, I ain't good at that. I'm going to let Pastor David do it. He's really good at it. Just a minute, we're going to open these baptismal waters up. Let me tell you something. Church, let me tell you something. There's fire. I'm going to come down in a minute. I'm going to pray for people that want prayer in the altar. But I listen, if I was you, I'd get in that water tonight. 
And I won't tell you why I get in that water, because I got in that water. And I know what that water did for me. I know what, not the water, but what the God that met me in the water did. You understand that? So tonight, I believe the Lord showed me, I'm going to pour out fire in the altar, and I'm going to pour out fire in the water. So tonight, I will encourage you tonight, it's time to receive fire. I believe God's going to heal you. If you're not healed, you're going to be healed before you leave tonight. I just believe it because that's who Jesus is. He's a healer, and his healing virtue is in this house tonight. So in just a moment, we're going to open up. Which side are we opening up, Pastor David? We're going to open up this side right here. I want every person that's ready to be baptized, I'm going to ask you to come and, and, and follow us right up these steps right here and form a line right here down this sanctuary right now. Come on, let's move quickly. If you're here to be baptized tonight, I want you to come. Just follow the, the, the line. Pastor Lance, our altar team, will be praying for people tonight. We've got two pools, so things are going to be moving quickly tonight. Um, we're not in a hurry, uh, but we do have two pools to expedite. Folks are getting baptized in both. The miracles are happening. Life change. There will be a baptism of fire in the water tonight, a baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much. God is here. This is your moment. Just be patient. We'll take care of you. We'll expedite it as quickly as we can. There'll be over a hundred people getting baptized tonight. You and your family, come. You're going to get a letter, then you're going to go back to your seat. You can receive prayer from our altar workers. Bishop Lance will be praying tonight for people. We welcome those on the ISN network. Uh, continue to go to prayer. Share with the, uh, the ISN network your prayer requests. Those of you watching by Facebook, you can share on the uh, comment section. We'll be praying for you. Transition will be done quickly. We'll be begin baptizing in the next five to ten minutes. Let's stay in a spirit of prayer, spirit of worship. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is here. He is here. Don't worry if you're the last one in line. We're going to be moving uh, through this. You'll see. Our team is almost ready. Praise the Lord. 
he's here. If you need prayer, come to the altar. Our altar team's ready. Don't let anybody pray with you unless they have a, a badge that says altar worker. Unless it's your own personal pastor. No stranger praying for you. Hallelujah. everyone. We are grateful you are here with us. During this time, it is important to know that God is your source of provision. It is in moments like these that sowing becomes even more important as we walk by faith. We want to take a moment and explain our posture in this season in ways that you can continue to partner with us with tithes and offerings. Obviously, these are challenging times for all of us. However, in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac sowed seed during a time of famine. In that same year, he received a hundredfold in return and God blessed him. This is important because our God is able to separate us from hard times and provide for us as we are faithful to trust him and continue to sow seed in his kingdom. Now this takes faith in God's word because giving in a challenging time does not look right to the natural eye. Because of our blood covenant with Jesus, he is obligated to honor his word to be our provider. However, we must do our part and come into alignment with him as we are obedient with our giving. This is how you can continue to partner with us during this season. Visit www.cfchurch.tv slash give. May God bless you.